Well, I'm going to be talking about inner communication today. So far, we've heard a lot about outer communication, outer clarity, outer focus. So what I want to do now is kind of take an inner focus and begin working some of the inner communication and how to get some of the inner clarity. Yesterday, I was talking a lot about the many inner voices that we often listen to and how they often run us, and we don't even realize that those voices are running us. It's very important to recognize that you're not going to understand totally what that's about until you do start working at listening to those inner voices inside. Start writing them down and get clear as to who those voices are. A lot of them are just old tapes that you've run and run and run so long. They're so familiar, they're so comfortable, that that's all you know to do. But as you go in and you begin to listen to these voices and dismiss them, turn them off, let go of them, you'll begin to hear that there are other voices that continue to talk and that they will not be dismissed. And a lot of times you won't want to dismiss them because you'll like what they're saying because those will be the voices that are supporting you in your next steps of growth. Those are the inner voices that are saying, I love you, I care about you, take care of yourself, nurture yourself. And those voices are always spoken from a place of real loving, real caring, and a real desire of participation comes forth from that voice to participate with you in the life that you're living. And those are the inner voices that you want to begin to pay attention to and listen to. I call it the me, myself, and I, it's also called the basic, the conscious, and the high self. We often don't listen to those voices because we've been trained to listen to all the other voices. Now, when we're a child, before the age of seven, we know me real well. That child inside, the me, we communicate with a lot. But by the age of seven, we start getting caught up in the mind because we're going to school and what do you learn in school? Stop feeling and start thinking. I don't care what you feel. What do you think? And that begins to shut off the basic self, that me inside. Because the me works a great deal through the feeling level. And if you begin to cut that part off, or if you begin to make that part wrong, it's not going to be able to participate in your life. And what happens then is all the negative voices in the emotional nature are going to run you instead. All those negative emotional voices that you've heard and been programmed with will run you. You know, there's a statement, if I can get them before the age of seven, I've got them for life. And that's really true. If I can program you with the right voices, as far as I'm concerned, the right voices, before the age of seven, I've got you for life. You're going to run those voices for life and they're going to run you. And what we want to do is go back into that time period in your life and begin to work free of a lot of the voices that that child inside of you has heard that doesn't really work for you and begin to just listen to the voice of the child inside instead. To begin to distinguish what your mom told that child what your father told that child, what your kindergarten teachers told that child, what your Sunday school teachers taught that child. 
what your neighbors taught that child, what that child's friends taught that child. All the words, all the teachings of how to live life, we want to go in there and look at, and not just say, get out of here, but begin to look and see what works and doesn't work for me now. Because a lot of what was given to us really can work, but we've got to choose that it's going to work for us. And not just let it keep on running with all this other muck. Because if you let it all run together, all you do is just short circuit everything. And then you sit there feeling sorry for yourself. You sit there feeling very alone. You sit there wanting, wanting, wanting. And even when you get, it's not enough. I want more. That little child inside, no matter how many toys you get it, no matter how many ice cream cones you get it, that's not enough because that's not what it's really wanting. But the world may have taught it that that's how you get what you want, is you whine, you cry, you beg, and then when they give you something physical, well, then apparently you got what you wanted because you got something. But really what you were wanting was love. And that child inside is always asking of you, do you love me? Do you really love me? I mean, do you really love me? Can I really be really nasty and mean right now and you're still going to be there and love me? How many times have you, if you're a parent, has your child pushed you right to the edge and then over the cliff? (laughs) Well, that's what the child inside will do right now because it may have never gotten what it needs from you. And so it's always pushing you right to the edge and then attempting to push you off the cliff just to see if it can get you to listen. But if there's all these other voices blocking you from hearing the child inside, then you're not going to ever really listen to what the child has to say because you're too busy dealing with all these other things going on. So you have to take an inventory of all the voices and take an inventory of all the statements and begin to weed away all those things that just don't work, all those things that you just don't agree with, all those things that you don't want in your life anymore. And there may be a lot. You may be very surprised. But because they're running at such a deep, deep level, it's like an underground river. You never can hear it. You never can see it. But you can drill down to it and find it. Some of these things are running so deep that you're going to have to drill down in there to find it. You're going to have to really go down deep inside of yourself, either through meditation, through dream interpretation and awareness, or possibly therapy as a process if somebody really knows what they're doing at that level, to help you begin to weed away all these things. But the easiest thing to do is just to write every voice down that you hear. Just, well, okay, I heard that, I heard that, I hear that, okay. And then go back and look and say, oh boy, that, there, there's my uncle right there. God, you know, he's living inside of me. You know, how many times have you heard the sins of the father shall be passed down into the fourth generation? That's what it's talking about. My grandfather taught my father, my father taught me, and if I had children, I'd be teaching my children the same old system if I wasn't somehow aware of breaking the chain and doing my life my life way, not their life way. How many times have you heard a parent say when they're dealing with their children and the child walks away and they go, 
God, that's my mother. That's my father talking through me. Where did that come from? It's because they're inside there. You are very well programmed, and now you've got to go in and just clear everything and begin to reprogram, if you will, yourself the way you want to be, who you are. By taking inventory and dismissing it, you begin to clear out very quickly. And you can clear out very quickly. The trick is, in the next moment, the tapes all start running again. So then you have to choose to clear all that out very quickly. And then if the tapes start running, you clear it all out again. It's just a choice of dismissing those voices each time they come up. The first time that they are made aware to you, you may have run the whole gamut of hearing the voice and reacting to it and doing your life the old way before you go, wait, why am I doing this? Where did that come from? What voice told me that? Here's the voice. Here's the person. Okay, I don't like that. I'm not going to do it that way anymore. Next time the tape runs, the voice speaks, you react, you begin doing your life the old way, but before you go through the whole pattern, all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, I said I wasn't going to do this. What am I doing? Okay, that, that was my uncle. Okay, I'm not doing that my uncle's life anymore. I'm doing mine. Thank you. Next time, you'll hear the tape, you'll react, and you'll go, no, no, I'm not reacting. I'm not doing that anymore. Thank you. The next time, you'll hear the voice, and you'll go, goodbye, uncle, goodbye. And the next time, it won't even run. Now, it may be just that quick. It may happen all very quickly, and it may take days, months, weeks, whatever, for that to actually get cleared. But if you keep doing it, eventually you'll catch yourself before the voice even speaks inside, if you will, and it'll be dismissed and discharged totally. And then all of a sudden, the space over here that's been so full and so active and so pushing on me is nice and clear and comfortable and easy. I go, oh, wow, that feels so much better. Well, let's work over here. All of a sudden, I feel out of balance. This doesn't feel good over here now. You start listening to these voices inside. And eventually, as you clear all that away, there's just a few little voices left. The me, myself, and I. The basic self, the conscious self, and the high self. Now, the conscious self is that part of you, that divine spark that is connected directly into your soul. The basic self is not a part of your own soul, but it's a part of consciousness that you picked up in coming into embodiment here so that you will have something as a vehicle, as an instrument to learn from in this body. And the high self is another instrument of consciousness that you pick up by coming into this incarnation that oversees the flow of your karma. And neither one are attached to your own personal soul growth. They in themselves are learning and growing and becoming as you are in the conscious self growing through this life experience. But the basic self and the high self are there to serve you and to help and assist you in your growth and in that process, they grow themselves into a higher consciousness, a higher awareness, and begin moving toward becoming self-realized beings and having the right to come into embodiment here themselves. And that's kind of all ethereal, but it's good to have some sort of understanding of what 
the basic, the conscious, and the high self is really all about. When you begin to listen to the basic self, you may find the basic self is very selfish at first. Because all of a sudden it's finally got your attention and all you're going to hear is, me, 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 give me, show me, be with me, tell me, read to me. And it'll be up to you, the conscious self, to then go in and say, hey, calm down, I'm here for you. I'm finally hearing your voice, and that's good. But I have other things to do in the world as well. I can't just be with you and your world all the time. But I can be with you some, and I'm going to make an agreement that we're going to work together now. And I want you to begin to cooperate with me in my life. Well, what does that child have to offer me? It has fun, playfulness, enthusiasm, joyfulness. It has loving. It has all these elements of the child to give to you, to share with you, and to inspire in you. And as you become like the child, you find that you begin to be able to move more freely on the inner realms of yourself. You know, it says, become as a little child to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, here's the little child. Become one with that little child and you'll have the first step taken in moving into the inner kingdoms, into the inner heavens. Now, as you begin to move all these other voices away and you begin to have just these few left, the basic, the conscious, and the high self, the me, myself, and I, you'll begin to hear another voice, which is the high self or the I sharing. But it doesn't always share directly into the conscious mind the way the basic self does. It often will share with the child. And then the child will share with you the information that the high self has to share with you. So become as a little child to go into the kingdom of heaven. You will find that not often will the high self just speak directly into your consciousness, into your conscious self. It will go through the child, it will go through that aspect of pure loving to reach into this consciousness of the world here. So the first step is to really begin clearing all these voices away and learning how to communicate with the child within. To be able to be playful, to be able to be joyful, to be able to be enthusiastic in a given moment. Just go for it. Let that child out. Be joyful, be playful. Have fun. Now, how many of you, when I say that, go, ooh? (laughs) Because you haven't gotten in touch with that child, you've lost touch with getting playful, with having fun in your life, with that joyful quality that gives you an attitude of, of gratitude, that lifts you up into a place where the high self then can really communicate. Because it's through gratitude that the high self can begin to participate. Gratitude that you now are one with this loving, joyful part of yourself. Gratitude that the greater voice of the high self can begin to share itself through that aspect into your consciousness. And gratitude that you've gotten rid of all this other debris that didn't really work for you, but you thought it did. And now that you've gotten some freedom, you can begin to move upward into liberation, into spiritual freedom, if you will, liberation. Because if all of your attention is not distracted 
by all these other voices and all this other stuff that you're supposed to be fulfilling in the world, you can begin to draw your attention to where you really want to place it. And yesterday a question was asked, and I answered it very simply, that our purpose in this world is to know God. And that's all that we have to do here. So draw all that attention to a point of knowing God. Make that your full attention. Make that your full purpose. And let go of all these other voices, all these other distractions, all these other have-tos, and just make that your intention. And as you do, you do begin to find that you have more freedom in the world, and you do find that you begin to walk the straight and narrow path of liberation inside and outside, in the inner kingdom and in the outer kingdom. Now, you can do it without awareness, or you can do it with awareness, but you'll begin to do it. Because the action of you taking responsibility for your own life, and you beginning to do for you, rather than for your mom and your dad and all these other things, is a process of moving towards freedom and moving into liberation. And meditation then will enhance the process. And meditation can awaken you in that process that you have more awareness of it. So through inner communication, you begin to share with the basic self. You begin to share and hear from the high self. And the conscious self begins to get much more clarity because of that. That who I really am, my conscious self in this embodiment, can begin to get clear about what direction I really want to go in my life. Who I really am. What do I really want? Why am I really here? I had a teacher on the inner level who, I went up to him one time and I said, can you please give me some answers? And he said, no. And I said, well, if I ask the right questions, could you explain some things to me? He said, no. And I said, well, then why do they say that you're my teacher? And he said, because I'm going to give you some questions. And I went, but <laughs> I've got the questions and you're the teacher. You're supposed to tell me these things. And he goes, no, I give you the questions and then you give me the answers. And I said, well, all right, what are the questions? And he said, where did you come from? Where are you going? And why are you here? And it took me a long time to work on those questions and try to figure it out. But if you work on those three questions, you know, you have the basic self, the conscious self, and the high self, all those parts of you plus your soul can begin to help you to understand, where did I come from? Where did I really come from? Where am I going? Golly, where am I going? That's, that's a good one. You know, I thought I was just going to get my car and go to the grocery store, but where am I really going? <laughs> You know, and why am I really here? What, what is this really all about? Why am I really here? Did I come into this embodiment so that I could have this job from the nine to five or whatever it might be? Did I come into this life so that I could get married and have these children? And at the age of 26, when they're grown up and out of the home, they're moving back in saying, hey, we need more money. You know, the marriage didn't work out. Will you please take care of me? Is this what I came to this world for? I hope not. I hope that there's yet a greater purpose behind all this. But why am I really here then? If it isn't for all of that, then why am I really here? 
That's a good question to try to find an answer to. And when you find the answer, you don't have any more questions. And he was smart. He knew that. He knew that if I could answer those three questions, I wouldn't have to come back to him for anything. So ponder those and make those the questions that you ask those voices to answer. I'll tell you what, your mom and dad inside can't answer them. No uncle, no aunt, no brother, no sister, no teacher. All those voices that keep running you and pushing you around and saying, no, 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 what are you doing? Bad, 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 are going to say, I don't know. And then you go, well, then I don't need you. But there'll be a little voice in there that goes, good question. Let's see if we can find out. That's one I might begin to listen to. That's one I might begin to pursue after to see if we can, in cooperation, come to some understanding of these things. Because that'll either be my basic, my conscious, or my high self. Now, when you get in alignment with these three, what you find then is that you begin to move more in alignment with your own soul. And the divine loving begins to radiate more into your own life. And then life becomes a lot lighter, a lot easier, a lot more joyful. And I'm not saying you don't have problems. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there aren't going to be disagreements with people. I'm not saying that you're not going to have to still balance your checkbook and find out, can I pay this bill this week or do I wait till the next paycheck? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it all falls into perspective. It all falls into place. And it all works. There's no more of the challenge and the stress and the fear, anxiety, the wonder of it all. It's just the doing of it. You know, God is a spiritual being. He hasn't a lot to do with this physical reality. This is our creation, and this is where we learn our lessons. And God says, go down and learn them. You created them, you go learn them. Now, when you learn them, you come back up here, and and we'll do what we're going to do in spirit. So begin to look at all this as just a process of learning, as an opportunity of growth and development and becoming who you really are, this soul. And then you'll begin to see who you really are, why you really are, where you're really going, where you really came from. All these things will just be answered, and the pathway begins to smooth out. And then you can begin to dismiss those things around you, those people those attitudes, those careers, those cars, whatever it is that doesn't work for you anymore, you just say, hey, I'm not doing that. I'm taking care of myself. I'm loving myself. I'm enjoying my life. And maybe you'll get up one day and the TV won't work. So you don't watch TV. You sit down and you read a book. And you figure, well, I'll get the TV fixed when I get it fixed, and then I'll watch it again when I watch it. You don't get mad and go short-circuit on yourself because the TV isn't working. Doing that isn't going to fix the TV set. All it's going to do is make your life more miserable. But yet something inside of you may have been taught early on that when something doesn't work, you don't work. You just short-circuit, go into a frenzy, get panicky, and your life begins to fall apart a little bit more. Can anybody relate to that? I can. (laughs) 
that was taught to you. That isn't who you are. That's not how you, in your own true consciousness, would react. Not that peaceful, loving, joyful part of you. You would just go, oh, it's not working. Okay, well, I'll do something else. And I'll call a TV repairman and I'll get that fixed and then I'll watch TV again. But instead, we listen to those other parts of ourselves and we go, oh my God, it's not working. Now what am I going to do? I can't watch TV. Oh no, the cartoons, I'm not going to be able to watch them. (laughs) So you have to stop and look in every moment of your life. How am I reacting? Why am I reacting? To who am I reacting? And it may not even be anything or anyone out there. It may all be inside. But whenever you see yourself in a reaction mode, stop and say, why? Where did this come from? And is this what I really want my life to be like? It's better to be in a life of action, action, action than a life, excuse me, of reaction, reaction, reaction. And that's what we mostly live. The action is going on deep inside in that underground level, in that unconsciousness, called all these voices telling us what to do that we don't even hear, but we do react to them. And all of our life, we just react, react, react. We react to things outside of ourselves. We react to things inside of ourselves. And we never get anything done because we're just too busy reacting. And then we go, well, you know, why didn't I get this accomplished today? I was so intent on doing this. Well, it's because you were over here reacting to this and not doing this over here that was an action thing. Now, if you're not over here reacting and you're not over here reacting, then you can do something with an active mode. You can go into action and accomplish in your life. And then you find your life to be very rewarding, very successful, very fulfilled. And it's up to you to decide what is success. Because you need to look and realize that right now you have definitions of success in your consciousness that has been given to you by your mom, by your dad, by the world in general. And that may not even be what you really would call success. But boy, you're trying to live it. You're trying to fulfill it. And it's pretty damn painful sometimes when you're holding up this mirror of success And you can't even see your own face in it. All you do is see all these other faces and they're going, are you successful yet? Are you doing it yet? Well, what's wrong with you? Wouldn't it be nice to look in the mirror and go, hey, I like that. I like who I see. I'm successful. I'm happy in my life. Somebody else will look at you and go, you're happy in your life and you think that's successful? You're driving a garbage truck for God's sake. Yeah, but I'm happy. I'm successful. That's not success. Success is being on top of the building, owning it, and running 150 people to the ground, making them work hard every day while you sit up there having your martinis and laughing your head off at them, watching on the screen what they do every day. To some people, that's success. But is it really? It may be. That may be their definition, and they may be fulfilling it. And that's great. But that may not be your definition. And so you've got to find out what your definition of success is. To me, success is having an inner life that is very active. Now to you, success may be having an outer life that's very active. And that's fine. Whatever works for you is fine. But let me ask you a question. 
Is it working for you? Gosh, I sound like Clinton. <laughs> Do you want four more years of this? <laughs> So stop and think, if your life isn't working for you, why isn't it? And what could you do to have it work for you? I think this weekend you're getting a lot of clarity as to how to begin to see what might be blocking you from your own opportunity of life fulfilled. And to me, life fulfilled is success. Success isn't the dollar sign. It isn't the title. It isn't the big house on the hill. It isn't the jet that flies you all over the world. Unless that's your definition of success, and then you have it. So begin to look and see if your life is working for you, great. But if it isn't, begin taking charge of your life. You know, you gave away the power to the charges of your life a long time ago. When your mom and dad were in charge of you, you gave your power away to them. And you said, hey, be my charges. Well, guess what? You're still letting them be the charges of your life. Take charge of your life now. Don't give that away anymore. Mom and dad may have been dead for 10 years, but you're still going to the grave going, okay, dad, now what do I do next? And you may not be doing it literally, but every time you stop and ask dad inside what to do, dad's going to tell you exactly what to do. Well, this is how I failed, so maybe you ought to try it and see if it doesn't work for you. (laughs) But he doesn't say that he failed at it. He just said, well, do this. This is what I was told to do. This is what I did. So this is how you have to do it, because this is all I know. Pay attention to that. This is all I know. Maybe you know a little bit more than they do now. Is that okay for you to know a little bit more than your parents did? For some people, it's not. For some people, to be a dollar ahead of their parents is painful because they think they're going to hurt their parents if they look more successful than their parents. If their life is working out better for them than the parents, they begin to pull back and go, well, then I've got to muck it up a little bit because... I don't want them to feel as though they're failures. But just realize, they're doing life the way they know to do life. And there's nothing wrong if you all of a sudden have a new definition and that it works for you, and it might work better than their life. Don't hold back for anybody. Become the true person that you are, and if they want it, they'll say, now how did you do that? Could you explain to me what you just did that got you there? Because, you know, I've been over here for so long, but I'd love to get there. Can you show me how to get there? And you'll find that that really happens. But you first have got to take charge of your own life. And once they see that you've done that, and that you're living in charge, in control of your own life, they're going to want it too. Because all of a sudden they're going to realize Gosh, I don't have control of my own life. And there they do. Now, however they did that, I'm going to do it. But you don't turn around and go, Hey, you're not in charge of your own life. Leave me alone. Or, 
you're not doing life right. Why don't you do it this way? Because they're going to shut down and go, oh, I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> they're not going to listen to that. How many times has somebody said that to you and you haven't listened to that? So why should they listen to it now from you? Rather, just live your own life and let them discover their life the way they're going to discover it. What we're going to do now is move into affirmations. Affirmation is a way to bring alignment in yourself. Affirmation is a way to bring more clarity into your life. Affirmation is a way to begin creating for yourself. And so what we're going to do is begin to look at affirming things in your life in a sense, with the power of the spoken word. The power of the spoken word inside and the power of the spoken word outside. An affirmation is nothing more than a statement, a small phrase that speaks precisely to a point of an issue or a concern, a situation in your life. It speaks positively, it speaks in the now, and it speaks in a voice of gratitude that it has already happened and you are grateful that this which you are affirming has happened. And so what I want you to do is pick out something in your life. It could be a simple statement such as, I am loving and taking care of myself every day in every way. Just that simple. Because you may not really be taking care of yourself in every way every day. You may not be loving yourself every way, every day. And it may seem like it's impossible to do. So affirm the impossible then. And make it a statement that is very real and very true to you right now. That you want to have in your life. If you affirm it and keep affirming it, it will come to pass. There's a statement that says, As you thinkest, so the body shall go, or the soul shall go, something like that. But you have to first put it out there. You have to think it, manifest it through that process, and it will come to pass. So begin looking for a moment. Does everybody understand what I'm saying about affirmation and how to put that into a voice inside yourself and on paper? Then pick a situation, and just for a few minutes, take a few minutes and write out an affirmation a positive statement. It's not a solution. It's not an answer. It's a statement. It states in the present. It states only positive, And it states with gratitude. It's not asking, I am going to or I want to. It's I am. And when you say I am, that is gratitude. Because that's the attitude of gratitude, that's the attitude that I am already there and for that I am grateful. And you can put in there, I am grateful to be in this loving and joyful place every day in every way, if you want to do something like that. So we'll just stop the tape, I guess, for a minute and let them write these affirmations. Okay. Now it's interesting to watch people when they're moving into that space of neutrality because when you create an affirmation like this and you move to write it down, you're moving into a place of real neutrality in that moment. 
And it's interesting because that's when spirit can come in and be with you the most. And it was like a flood (laughs) of teachers and friends of all kinds of light just coming in, just going, okay, now we can get in there. (laughs) And so it's interesting to just watch that happen for a moment. It's very crowded, but it's fun. (laughs) So what I also want to share with you is another form of affirmation. It's called treasure maps. Treasure maps are a very unique visual way. Just as what we've just done with the written affirmation is a very verbal, audio way of doing it, treasure map is a very visual way. And of course, I like the visuals, so I like treasure maps. It's where you go through magazines, you go through newspapers, you go through whatever, and cut out everything that you like, all the words, all the pictures, the statements, phrases, you cut it all out and put it into a folder. And you can get on your computer and even type up things if you want and print them out, statements and phrases. And then you take and get a poster board and you lay the poster board out and you just begin going through there, your folder, and just placing things on this poster board the way you want to arrange it. Say, for instance, you want to go to Rome and you've never been there, but you really want to go to Rome. You might want to get a picture of a plane and a picture of Italy and a picture of something in Rome and have it all pasted together in one area. And you might even want to have the word Rome or Italy pasted across it just so that it really gets programmed inside of you that this is okay for me to do now. And if it's money, you might put a whole bunch of different types of images of money and success all over the place. Create whatever you want, because it's fun to create. You know, the child inside of you will love this process, because what you're doing is you're going back and pasting and taping and cutting and playing, and it's just a lot of fun to create this treasure map. I created a new one just recently, which a few people saw. It just really pleases me to look at it. There's something that is just so joyful when I sit there and look at it. I I don't watch TV. I look at my treasure map. (laughs) I just sit there and I look at it and it it just oozes inside of me real comfortably. And I feel real warm inside when I look at it. And it took me weeks to really create it. I cut all these things out. I moved and placed everything around. I said, no, 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 no. Moved it around again. And I just kept playing with it until something inside of me said, that's it. And I went, oh my God, now I've got to lift all this stuff off and tape it and paste it and whatever. But it worked. It came out really nice. So play with it. And you can have it arranged any way you want. You could do one for just the physical. You could do one for career. You could do one for family. You could do one for spirit. Or you could do it in levels. Mine is sort of in levels. So you can do it however you want. And you can make it as big or as little as you want. Right now what I'm working on is a bookmarker treasure map that I can have in any book that I might be reading so that it's always right there to remind me of these things that I want in my life. And this other one is huge. I mean, I would have brought it, but it's just huge. (laughs) So I couldn't have brought it very easily. So another way of creating an affirmation is a treasure map that affirms to your consciousness what you want in your life. And I've seen this work so many times A very good friend of mine created one. 
And he put all these images on there, one of them being Paris, France. And it was interesting because he didn't know if he would ever be able to afford to go there. But where he was working at the time, about three months after he created this treasure map, he was asked to go into his boss's office. The boss said, you know what, we've just been informed that the person that was going to run this conference for us in Europe isn't going to be able to do it. And we've got to get somebody over there right away. And you're very organized. So if it'll be all right with you, you're going to have to spend two weeks in Paris organizing this, this conference. And he went, okay, okay. So off he went. He calls me from France. He goes, guess where I am? I go, I don't know where. And he goes, I'm in Paris. And I go, oh, your affirmation came true. And he goes, oh, my God, my treasure map. I forgot. And he, got, he, went, he was over there for two weeks, all expenses paid. He stayed at the Ritz. He was, I mean, just lavished upon because he was head of this conference. So it does happen the way it's going to happen. Don't put expectation on how it's going to happen. Just put it on there that it's going to happen, and it'll happen. Okay? So another thing we're going to do right now is get your basic self involved in this. The basic self has been involved to some extent, but not very much this weekend. So now the basics can come out and play. We're going to have fun. Come on out. What we're going to do is we're going to get crayons and paper, and you're going to draw a positive affirmation for yourself. You're going to draw yourself or in an affirmation, or you're going to draw an affirmation, whatever you want to do, let the child come out and just create what it wants. But make it a positive statement about something, about you, about your life, whatever. Okay? Is everybody understanding in agreement? All the child, all the basics want to come out? <laughs> well, come on out! <laughs> Why don't you move all the chairs back? You're going to do it on the floor. You're just going to get on the floor like the child... And we're going to put the crayons out in front of you, and you're going to draw. And just have a good time for a little while. So how did it feel to get in touch with your basic selves? <laughs> you can do this all the time. You know, I would at least give yourself an hour a week with your basic self doing something that really will serve both of you. If it's to go to the zoo, go to the park, go and have some popcorn at a movie, Sit down and draw. Go and play with some other basic selves. You know, call up somebody here and say, hey, my basic self <laughs> wants to come out and play. It is yours. You know, and go to a park or go to a uh, playground and go on the teeter-totters and, and the merry-go-round and whatever and just really let that part of you out. And you'll really find that there's a greater joy and a, really a state of bliss in just letting that child out and having fun with it. So be playful with, with life. Have a little fun in it. Even have a lot of fun in it, if you will. But let this be a doorway. Let this be a way to get back in touch with that basic self. 